G'day and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan. And I'm Laura. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our weekly live Q&As. Tonight, we're fortunate enough to be speaking with Paul Rowe from the Tell Working Dogs. Tonight, Paul will be picking the question that he thinks was best suited to uh, his liking and they will win the bag of Enduro Dog Food. Evening, Paul. How are you going? Good, thank yourselves. Yeah, good, thank good, you. Good, thanks, mate. Um, so to kick us off, tell us a bit about yourself, your family, where you're from and what you do. Okay, well, you know what I mean? I, um, I've been married for 35 or six years. Uh, I've got two daughters, 34 and 35 uh, grandkids. Um, we um, were graziers, um, had dogs all my life. I've left school at 14 and had dogs then, so... I've had dogs for a little while. Obviously, they've changed over the years, um, and that's about it, really. We spend a lot of time chasing down our grandkids lately. I was just going to ask, with five grandkids, how do you have time for dogs? Well, they don't live at home. That's the, that's the lucky thing, I suppose, but um, it's all good. And, mate, we also know that you had to drive a fair distance to your daughter's place today, and I'd like to say thanks for that, mate. We really appreciate that. No worries at all, mate. I, um, it's all good. It's all to a good cause. And, um, yeah, me and technology don't get along real well, so best I get someone else to do that. <laughs> Happy days, mate. So tell us a bit, mate, where, um, where did your passion for livestock and the farming industry come into play? Well, you know what I mean? I started work on a large cattle property, about 120,000 acres, when I was 14 um, at the end of the beef slump, you know. And... Um, the job that involved then was a lot of timbered country, um, you know, 20,000 acre paddocks. And the manager at the time was that clued up that he used to muster pretty short-handed with dogs. And um, he was that smart a cattleman. He would bell eight or 10 head of cattle in 20,000 acres. And those dogs, we'd be riding along and they'd hear bells out in the scrub and those dogs would go and get those cattle. And that's how we worked, you know what I mean? With it. And at the end of the beef slump, most people's cattle were a little bit out of hand, as you'd realise. So um, it was a pretty efficient way of doing things, you know. So there started my love of dogs, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's, um, that's different. That, that bell, bell technique there, do you use that yourself? or? No, no, I don't. I did use a bit of it when I was cleaning up country. I'd go and tie a Mickey somewhere and then leave him for a couple of months and then he'd mate up with the rest of the cattle and... You know what I mean? It makes them easy to find in timbered country. But those dogs, that cattleman that had that managed that place then was smart enough to work out which cattle and areas of that 20,000 acre paddock. So he was fairly efficient. He'd go mustering with 10 dogs, um, you know, collies, Kelpie cross dogs. And um, he'd done that for years, which was pretty efficient, you know what I mean, when you think about it. Yeah, that's cool. So how do you use your dogs day to day these days? Well, we've only got a small operation. We only got ten thousand acres in three places, um, so you know what I mean. We're only all cattle. Um, there's plenty of times that we don't use dogs in a day. You know what I mean. We're not doing cattle work, so. Um, but no, it's just general horses and dogs. When I go mustering, that's that's just how we go. Yeah, right. And you use your dogs a bit there for mustering. What about in the yards? Do you, you use your dogs in the yards? No, mate, to be honest with you, I don't. Once I've got the cattle in the yards, I don't use dogs in the yards. Um, no, no, I don't. Yeah, unless, yeah. I'm breaking, unless I'm breaking in wieners, Dan, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll have them working cattle through the yards then, but not, not 
breeders and that sort of thing, no. Yeah, right, yeah. And what, what do you have them doing in the yards there? Like how have you got them working through the yards? Just pushing up to, to a draft or...? Yeah, with the wieners, yeah, I, um, I'm a big on working the wieners with the dogs. Um, the penny dropped with me one time. I used to do everything just with the dogs, but we do the dogs today, horses tomorrow, so the cattle actually get used to work with horses and dogs all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. As I said, we've only got 700 head of cattle, so you just imagine how quiet they are. They're not, it's not, they're not hard work in any way, you know? Yeah, 100%, mate. Tell us about, a bit about your dogs. Well, I predominantly bought a collies, but to me, um, a good dog is a good dog. I don't care if he's a collie, kelpie, or a Labrador, you know what I mean? If he's a good dog, he's good at what he does, you know? Um, I've had a lot of success with some collie kelpie cross dogs. Um, at present, I've got a bitch called Jackson Silver. She's the current open dog of Australia, and a dog called Karascott Spot, and he's the open dog of Queensland, so... They're two of the ones in the team, but I've got, a, I've got, I own eight dogs plus three young pups. So, yeah. You always got some young ones coming through? Well, it's nearly compulsory, isn't it? You know what I mean? Good dogs get old really quickly. And, um, you know what I mean? If you haven't got those young dogs coming along, you can shoot yourself in the foot fairly quickly. 100%. So what are you looking for in your line of dogs? Um, I like a dog that rates his stock. You know what I mean? A dog must buy um if he doesn't bite cattle will work him out fairly quickly you know what i mean but over aggression too without control can cause just as much trouble you know what i mean so um i like dogs that feel for their cattle um you know what i mean don't bite unless they have to but then back it up you know what i mean yeah yeah um has, the, has the type of dog changed from where you first started yes they have love like um when I first left school and the sort of dogs we had then were boxer, bull terrier, stag hound, cross dogs, you know what I mean? They did their job, what they had to do in those days, you know I mean? Cattle were out of hand at the end of the beef slump a bit. So most people, not many people had what I call lead dogs, collies, kelpies then. But, you know, I still don't hold, I still just as much appreciate those dogs for what they were good for, you know what I mean? You hanging onto a tree, 18 inches through and there's a four foot bull on the other side taking the bark off it with his horns that old crossbred dog turns up and you know helps you out well he's you appreciate him just as much don't you it's worth yeah. his feet that night that's you know and that just happened you know what i mean that was a common occurrence back then you know and do you think there's still a place for those type of dogs um you know moving forward or do you think because um stock will probably worked oh well i can talk for new south wales probably stock will worked a bit more and that's why we kind of don't need a dog that hard anymore yeah that's dead right you know what i mean they're very seldom and far between these days you know what i mean but they were back then quite common you know what i mean um but there i have no doubt there's still plenty of use for those sorts of dogs in in certain areas you know so what are you breeding for these days um well, I've only got mainly border collie dogs. I've got an old dog called Bruton Vale Jats that's been really good to me over the years. Um, he's an old crossbred dog, but um, but and he's got a fair few daughters. We've got between me, my wife, and my two daughters, we've got ten bitches by old Jats, you know. Yeah, right. But but, um, but no, I, they're mainly collie dogs, and you know yeah. what I mean. 
uh, as I said, I'm just looking to, for dogs who've got a bit of feel to their cattle, you know what I mean? That are happy to work around their cattle, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the sort of dog I'm looking for. So while you mentioned feel, a lot of p different people have different interpretations of feel. What, yeah. what, what's your interpretation of feel? My interpretation of feel is dogs that will go to the pressure point and hold it and stay on that pressure point. A lot of dogs go to a pressure point, but then they leave it again, you know what I mean? They're there, they're gone, they're there, they're gone, and they don't achieve a lot, you know what I mean? Um, I like dogs that if cattle are starting to lean off to one side, they come around and they start to hold them on that pressure point rather than leaving it all the time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not in the, I won't have any noise at all on any of my dogs. Um, I just don't put up with noise, obviously horses for courses and obviously you do with sheep, but, um, I don't like dogs that are barking at stock. That's for sure. Uh, question here from Wayne McMillan. Uh, what strains of border collies do you like? Well, I'm, I, I don't really chase strains. I look for individual dogs. You know what I mean? um i've tried a few different strains of dogs and there's good and bad in all strains if you ask me um i'm more an individual line of dogs um you know there was a line of paul oates had a dog called glenn an imported dog a lot of do good dog trial dogs would buy that dog you know what i mean they bred on a lot um there's a dog called max weston um out around longreach um that bitch i've got that's leading the one the open dog of australia for the last two years she's by max weston they seem to have a lot of good feel for their stock yep so that um nick hovey's come up got a question here and what is the dam or dam line that you believe has the most influence has had the most influence for you yeah um i had a bitch called judd's nancy from a good friend of mine richard judd and a lot of my good bitches natal ruby natal tippy and natal dream we're all out of that bitch and they go back to a, a dog called woolly scamp um and they were most influential on the bitch side and i'm a really big believer on the on the female side of a breeding program i think it's 70 percent in my opinion um yeah big believe in a good line of females that's for sure why is that well even in mares and foals um those all that young uh traits from them foals come from their mother you know what i mean um i think in my opinion with my dogs taking notice the female side trait is always the strongest to me there are very few male dogs that outweigh the female in my opinion in a breeding program um you know what I mean? You can name the amount of stallions that are in Australia. There's thousands and thousands of them, you know what I mean? But Acres and Cadet and Abbey, uh, some of the, and Spinifex were some of the very few stallions that outweighed the mares, in my opinion. But there's not many of them, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that, mate, because I notice in my own pups that I, the things I don't like in my bitches are the first thing I notice in my pups. <laughs> Shit, here we go again. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and you kind of deviate and look somewhere else next yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, question here from Carl Schubert. What cross, uh, what breed cross combinations are you liking at the moment? Well, that Max Western line that I like, um, you know, I think old Max Western, although he's terribly getting old, but um, Steve Elliott, a mate of mine, has got a really good dog, um, Huey, um, Silver. 
Uh, I got another dog, Tiger, by him. Um, Tim Flynn's got a few dogs by him. There's there's quite a few by that Max Weston getting along, you know. And Brutonvale, I got a friend Steve Flatley. He's got a good line of female line of bitches that breed on some pretty useful pups too, you know. Yeah. Leading on, another question from uh, Nick Hovey here. What are your thoughts on embryo work through ET or IVF? Would it be for the better or detriment of the working dog world? I really don't have a lot to do with it. I haven't had much to do. I had a couple of bitches, but it's fine getting semen and things and looking on results, but there's traits that you don't know that you, when you don't see a dog work, you know what I mean? There's a lot of traits that you may be injecting into your dogs that you don't know are there. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's one thing to um, go into an embryo program, but, you know, you need to do, source your, your um, all the facts about that dog before you use him, you know what I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I guess that bitch is raising your pups, and that's, like you said before, that those early stages are detrimental. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... And, uh, Sorry. In pups, how do you pick a pup for yourself and has that changed or? Well, it, you know what I mean? I used to have a little game I used to do. Um, I used to play with them with a Woolies bag on the end of a stick, you know what I mean? And you get a lot of little pups that start shaping up and working that bag. And I used to go on that a fair bit. But the main objective, I think, and, um, you know, a better dog than me, a dog man than me, Greg Prince wore by a two. I'm a big believer when you walk up to a litter of pups, if there's one pup there that takes your eye, regardless on what it may be, that's the pup that, you know, if you like him, you'll spend time with him. It's as simple as that. If someone yeah. gives you a pup you don't like, more than likely you possibly won't spend a lot of time with him, you know. And I'm a really big believer in spending time individually with babe, with young pups, you know what I mean? That might work a bit better because I don't think they do all these shop, plastic shopping bags anymore either. You have to <laughs> do it with one of those fabric ones now. <laughs> But, you know, it was just, you know, you, you've often seen pups work a broom when you're sweeping and that sort of thing, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just something to go on, that's all. That's, you know what I mean? I've seen litters of pups taken over to the round yard on sheep and two or three flew down and just looked a million dollars on the sheep and then there was two or three to sit back that was just looking. In 12 months' time, you're not to say one of the pups that was sitting back wasn't one of the better pups, you know what I mean? No one yeah. really knows. No one knows that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And do you start your pups on sheep? Yes, I do. Yeah, I. Um, How do you I progress? Just, beg your pardon. How do you progress? Like, do you want to talk us through some of your steps there? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. First of all, I um I have a sit on all my pups before I ever go to the round yard. Um, yep. I um, always teach a pup to tie up first before I ever put him on a lead, so that all that fear and fright's taken away from him. You know what I mean? It wasn't me that done it. So I have a pretty good sit on most of my all my dogs before I ever go to the round yard. Then I'll introduce them to the sheep on the outside of the round yard, just hop in the round, move them around, let them flow around on the outside. Don't put too much pressure on them. I like, just lately, I've got a really big yard that's 200 feet across it. And I, the four sheep that I use are extremely well broken. Like if you whistle, they come to you without a dog, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I found starting them out there was fine too, but you've got to really keep a close eye on them. If those pups are a little bit one-sided, you need to go back to a controlled environment to make sure that you level that pup up a little bit on his bad side, you know what I mean, where you can't do that in, out in a really big yard, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, yes, I'm a big believer. I think sheep are good. 
Um, once again, the sheep that I use for young pups are extremely well broken in and there's no chance of them hurting the pups at all. Um, and even when I venture onto cattle at about sort of seven months old, I'll put them on cattle six to seven months old, the cattle that they go on to as young dogs are extremely broken in and, and well handled, you know what I mean? I look after my young pups right up till they're 12 months old. I um, never put them in a situation where they're going to get lost or hurt under 12 months old, you know what I mean? I try to look after them for the first 12 months of their life, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, of course, they've got to go into a workforce, so anything can happen then. But I do really do believe in looking after them for that first 12 months and making sure they don't get hurt, you know? Was there a lot of trial and error over with experience? Oh, of course there is, you know what I mean? I'm not inventing the wheel, you know what I mean? Of course you try things, and you know what I mean? It, but um, but I'd like to think that you learn from your mistakes. And have you ever tried anything and people have gone, shit, Paul, what are you, what are you doing? And you go, no, I want to just try something? Of course you do. We've all done that, you know what I mean? But we don't try to tell many people want to fail, do we? Um, I recently done something similar with taking a collar off a dog, and Laura said I was a goose until the dog thought he was uh, the same stature as me, and I put the collar back on him. And the dog just found his place in the pecking order pretty quickly once he had a collar on. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And um, she thought I was a goose, but then we started talking to it, like comparing it to like putting a bridle on a horse mm. and how they change. And and then I I thought of it differently. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could be more as well. It's still a bit of a different. <laughs> and, um, and for anyone trying to do the maths, 200 feet is about 70 metres um, a bit earlier. So it's talking about a paddock 70 metres in width. Yeah. Question here from Kerry Marie. When training your pups, is there a certain amount of time you keep working them in the round yard before being before allowing them out into a bigger yard? Okay, that's a good question. And um, I think too much round yard can get them stale fairly excuse me, fairly quickly. You know what I mean? I um, yes, I believe in putting them in a round yard, that's fine. Um, but as soon as I the situation arises, I try to get them out as quick as I can because it's, you know what I mean, it's just a bit more interesting for them, you know what I mean? Go for a walk in a yeah. bit bigger paddock. But once again, I can't emphasize this enough that when I do go out of that round yard, those sheep more than likely are gonna follow me wherever I go anyway, you know what I mean? They're, um, in my opinion, that's imperative that you have well broken in stock for, for, for young dogs. But yeah, I keep it interesting for them. Um, you know what I mean? When they're even when they're sort of six months old and those sheep are broke, well, I might go for a walk down around behind the dam and over the creek just to so they bubble out and start to work it out themselves. You know, and keep it interesting for them. You know. Yeah. Do you um do you ever think in a round yard sometimes we get a little bit um, fixated on getting our dog to move around stock that we actually kind of t turn that fuel button off a little bit because um, we start and the dogs create a bit too much movement. Yeah, there's all sorts of different scenarios and every dog is different, you know what I mean? There's, there's dogs that possibly would only get themselves into trouble if you didn't have them in the round yard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you've got to read the situation with that dog, what's he up to, what can he handle, and then sort of progress from there. But I don't have a black and white rule, you know, for any dog, every dog. It's, it, it varies, you know what I mean? Yeah, you might, you might have those dogs that struggle to get around, around the stock a bit and you have to go to a round yard to get them to go around for whatever reason it may be. Well, they need to get onto the head of their stock, you know what I mean? In a, a big yard, if they can't get to the head of their stock, they get 
inclined to lock in behind and that can, can become a habit as well, you know what I mean? So at least in a controlled environment, I can steer the sheep around and the pup ends up onto the head of them, you know. I'll, the ultimate goal is to have that pup do everything correctly and but, you know, I mean, sometimes some dogs take a bit of work, you know, it's as simple as that. Is there anything you're looking at putting into your pups moving forward? Any different sort of breed, you mean? Oh, breed or traits that you'd like to see do something different in your, in your dogs? Uh, I'll be really honest with you. I don't breed a lot of dogs. A lot of people send me dogs. Um, a mate of mine, Steve Flatley, sends me pups and... You know what I mean? I get a lot of pups from different people. I don't breed a lot of dogs, to be honest. Um, I know I judge each dog on his merits rather than his breeding, you know? Yeah. I suppose it's more open-minded, right? Yeah, well, you know what I mean? I, um, I can recognise, yeah, you know, a dog that I like off you or the next bloke, you know what I mean? That, that That's fine. 100%. So how much training do you put into training young what <laughs> yeah i read that myself i wrote that question that's silly it doesn't make sense <laughs> how much effort do you put into training your pups um like, <laughs> is it most of it done on the job or you're doing like you said you treat your dogs nice from like until like 12 months of age so i assume you do a bit in the pen and you like to get your manners on them oh of course you know what i mean and you only get out of anything what you put into it you know what i mean it's as simple as that and i live by that trait you know what i mean yeah um, young dogs, like, yeah, all my dogs go to work, but I have a rule and thumb that I don't go to a dog trial unless I've trained on them at least three times, you know, in a controlled environment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know that's a little bit away from your question about the pups, but each pup is an individual and some dogs will handle two or pups will handle two or three lessons a week. Some may handle a little bit of less, a lesson every day, but there are pups that only handle one lesson a week you know what i mean so you've got to read the dog on what he what he's up to rather than having a black and white amount that you've got to give every dog you know what i mean yep um yeah well i think that answers that yeah you, you just smashed it out of the park mate totally get that um mate when starting out with dogs who inspired you besides old mate with the bell well, this is a bit of a longer story, and it's a story that I've told many people. I went working for a gentleman by the name of Noel Dickfoss, now out around Jericho. Now, I'd heard how good this man was with his dogs, and I went and worked with him, um, and he was a phenomenon to work with. This is before, this is sort of 80. Um, he's never seen a dog. He never trialled. He was just a bushman living on his property. Now, he would go mustering with 10 or 12 collie dogs. And back then, most people, as I said, had crossbred dogs, you know what I mean? But he had collie dogs and he had a, he'd go mustering with 10 or 12 do dogs and a bull mastiff bitch. And the bull mastiff bitch walked that close behind his horse that she used to usually have the, the tail of the horse on her head. And yes. she never shifted. She stayed there all day long. And he could be whistling three dogs out to the right and four dogs over here and a mob of dogs holding a mob of coaches. And I, my bottom jaw dropped and I thought, gee, this man's God when it comes to dogs, you know. And I'd never seen him get upset over his dogs and his cattle admittedly were fairly sensible, but he cleaned up a lot of wild cattle with those same dogs, you know. And he could be whistling, as I said, three or four dogs this way and it really got me in and I was, 
he, the same gentleman of a night time, he used to drink a lot and um, I'm not holding that against him. He would sit out on the back veranda with a three foot man gate open with a baking tray full of house scraps and dog food. And there'd be all those dogs he owned would be outside and he would say, Ben, and Ben would come in and he'd feed Ben out of his hand. He'd say, go back, Ben, here, Flossie, come here, Flossie. And Flossie would come in and feed Flossie out of his hand. So I've seen him even choke down for half an hour, then sit up and then start feeding him again. And those dogs never come inside that street, inside that house yard and touch those scraps. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was a terribly smart man when it come to dogs. And to me, that was the when the penny dropped with me. Um, and he was not only smart with dogs. He used to have a four-ton diner truck saddle the horses up and his horses would jump in the truck without a loading ramp and load themselves side on and stand there, you know. He was very clever when it come to animals. And um, his cattle were terribly quiet and sensible, but he did go to other places and cleaned up a lot of wild cattle for them with his dogs, you know. So, as I said, um, to me, Noel was the most beneficial inspiration that I've ever had on about dogs. And he, it was his words that says, you know, you only get out of them what you put into them, boy. And yeah. It, it was, and you know, when it came to dog trolling, a mate of mine, Stephen Boyles, um, got me started in that. So, um, but yeah, Noel Dickboss was a, a legend in, as far as I was concerned, you know. No, that, um, sorry, I'm a bit mesmerized by that, mate, to be honest. Um, was, do you think he's a better dogman or cattle or um, horseman and one feed the other? Yes, it does. A lot, lot of my friends that are, good horsemen are good dogmen too you know what i mean it seems to get if they can train one they can train the other you know what i mean um yeah i have no doubt it goes hand in hand to a certain degree you know here we go i'll, I'll stretch it how do you reckon that goes back into their parenting oh yeah well you know what i mean i'm not a hundred percent sure i'm going to go that far about things <laughs> Well, I get people sometimes go, oh, you treat your dogs like kids. I go, no, I don't. I treat my kids like my... Oh, sorry, you treat your dog, your kids like dogs. I go, no, no, no. I treat my dogs like my kids. And I think if you're very clear and give a clear message, um, you can kind of get on with anyone and make it, you know, anyone can get on without conflict. There's lots of good horsemen out there that haven't had the best upbringing. So yeah. it goes either yeah. way, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Open-minded yeah. open once again, right? You know what I mean? I think... The nuts and bolts of it all is you've got to be consistent with it you know what i mean yeah. there's no use you know jumping on something today and forgetting about it tomorrow it's you know what i mean you need to be consistent regardless on what you're doing whether it's raising kids training dogs or riding horses you know what i mean it's essential it, you know what i mean that's, that's the nuts and bolts of it too you know and you mentioned trialing before mate how, how did that kick off for you well i um as I said, that mate of mine, Stephen Biles, um, yeah. needed cattle for the Emerald Agrove Agrove Trend Days, which is an emerald. And, um, we had cattle that were obviously worked with dogs, and uh, he said, "Mate, any chance of getting some cattle for the trial in town?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. He said, "It's the Queensland Championships, which is a pretty big event for Queensland." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, that'll be all right." He said, "Oh, by the way," he said, "If you're going to bring the cattle, and you may as well bring a dog and have a go." Well. I'd never even seen a dog trial before, you know what I mean? Anyway, long story short, I won the Norvis, uh, the first one, you know, at the Queensland Championships, and virtually that was, I was hooked, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
got the bargain. Not a first one, not a bad first one to win either. Oh, well, it's just lucky, really. So, you know I mean? sorry, you go. It's, um, you know what I mean? You can look at life whichever way you want to, but you know what I mean? You've got to have a fair bit of luck go your way sometimes too, don't you? That's for sure. <laughs> um, so how long have you been trialling for then? That was 2003. Um, that was the first trial in 2003. So, yeah, that was it, yeah. Excuse our arrogance, mate, but you've been pretty successful in cattle trialling as well, yeah? Mate, I, it's something I don't like. You know what I mean? I've been um, terribly lucky, I, I suppose. You know what I mean? I, um, I've won the Open Dog of Queensland 13 times, the Open Dog of Australia five times. And, you know what I mean? I That Tamworth deal was a big deal. I, you know, I won the Open and the Futurity there, was, which, you know what I mean, blew me away, really. It was a, a lovely event to win, and I was, um, yeah, I was happy about that. So, you know what I mean? You can be terribly lucky sometimes, but... Um, yeah, that's about all. I, you know, I don't like talking about that sort of thing. No, that's okay. That's okay. What ex what um, advice would you give to anyone that's thinking about having a crack at trolling? Mate, it's it's not as complicated and it's not as hard as you think. The hard part, having a go, because what a lot of people need to realise, if things are getting a little bit difficult, it's, you know, courtesy, just put your hand in the air, thank the judge and walk out. You know what I mean? You don't have to stand there for a 50 or a 60 and do your dog some damage. You know what I mean? If you haven't drawn the cattle that are workable with the dog you've got, you know, do him a favor, do your dog a favor and hop out of there. You know what I mean? There's no need to stay there and, and get yourself worked up over it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Uh, question here from Rebecca Cooper, and she apologizes if it's been asked before. Um, so it's on the topic of reading stock. Um, if you're a useless horseman and struggle to read cattle, would you be better to send your pup away for training than get the trainer to train you to use the dog? Or are you risking ruining a good pup trying to bring it on yourself? Rebecca, is it? The lady's mm -hmm. name? Well, Rebecca, it's not a, um, you know what I mean? You'll get a lot more enjoyment by taking the steps with your dog. Um, I have no doubt. Um, you know, go to a, a, um, a few dog schools step by step. Um, ask as many questions as you can when you go there. Um, and, you know what I mean, you'll get a lot of enjoyment about training that dog yourself. And, of course, you're going to crash and burn a few, you know what I mean? And there's there's times where you're going to have get stuck. But I have no doubt that, you know, training it with yourself. And another thing, you know what I mean, I'm a big believer I have to do a few dog schools and there's people that have never worked stock before and I'll put three head of cattle in the arena and say, right, right eh? now go and put those cattle through that gateway without your dog, you know what I mean? Learn to work the cattle yourself before you start to expect the dog has to do it all, you know? So there are a few little traits that, you know what I mean, help people along the way. But no, I would think, Rebecca, just take your dog to a few schools and go step by step yourself, love, with your dog. Another question here from, did you have something? No, I go for it. Another question here from Wayne McMillan. Did you ever see Les Armstrong work dogs? No, never. Heard a lot of reputa uh, about the gentleman's reputation. Um, no, I never have never seen him. I read an article in the Australian Stock Dog magazine. <laughs> um, you know, as I said, the man must have been brilliant with what he'd done. You know, I've heard all sorts of rumours from people that had seen him trial said the man was a, um, a gentleman and um, terribly good at what he did, you know. 
Awesome. Uh, another one here from Mark Mangold. Uh, you said that you said you start the young dogs with sheep inside a small yard with the dog on the outside. Do you also do this with cattle? No, I don't. But by the time I um, get to working cattle with my dogs, they're on to the cattle. You know what I mean? I don't. And a few things to look forward to if you forward. Um, if you're going to work your dog on the outside, and I never commented about it before, keep an eye on your dog very closely because they can lose a lot of interest fairly quickly, get frustrated on the outside of a round yard and bring in a few things like um, barking, going the one way, only going the one direction. So putting them on the outside is fine, but just make sure you keep an eye on your dog at all times to what traits he's doing, okay? Fantastic, Wayne. Um What's one thing you see handlers struggle with in when you're trolling? Their nerves, really. Their yeah. nerves. A lot of people get terribly nervous, and I do too. Don't you worry. At Tamworth, when it was all on the line, I was dry heaving out the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it can be a bit daunting at times. You know what I mean? Yeah. You um, can get your eyes on the goal and get a bit upset over it. But frankly, I think nerves... Um, Try to keep away from other people and the heckling and that sort of thing. That's, you know, half the half your problem. I have a trait and a lot of people laugh about it. I walk up to a peg, put my hand on the peg, pull my strides up, take a deep breath and then settle down and go, you know. Um, so, you know, I mean, pick something. I have, um, you know, people think that I, I don't get nervous still. But, you know, if you're having a go, you're going to get nervous. You know what I mean? It's as simple yeah. as that. Hundred percent, and I think you you smash it there too. Just just have a go, like yeah. just get out there and, and have a go. And the more times you get out there, the less nervous. Well, you you get that little bit less nervous until you hit those bigger moments, like you just mentioned. Yeah, mate. It's you know what I mean. I don't know if they, I don't know if they get any easier. You know what I mean. It's always, you know what I mean. It can be fairly daunting at times. You train and you train and you train and you go somewhere and. More to the point, you don't want to let your dog down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? You've done everything you can with him. It's trying to get a hold of yourself and settle down and just take a deep breath and settle down and watch the cattle, you know? It's as simple as that. Have you done much trolling up there this year? Uh, I'm pretty sure we've done a – yeah, I haven't got a count, but it's like 15 or 16 trials, mate, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was really good. We went to a um, sheepdog trial, me mate Stevie Elliott, me and Glenn Dixon. Yeah. That was something we hadn't done for a long time. And um, how they go? Uh, it was really, yeah, it was good. I that bitch, that silver, she um, won three out of three events. So she was, and um, but getting away from that, the people that we struck at the sheepdog trial were terribly nice people and 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 very helpful. You know what I mean? Old yep. Colin Top, old Colin Top. Um, you know, I mean. Uh, there were a lot of good people there that were, went out of their way. Paul Elliott, um, you know, fellas to help out, you know what I mean, that we'd never done any of it before much, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, on the topic of trialling, ben, uh, ben Gould has asked, are you missing competing in the cattle's state of origin since COVID and is it a thing you look forward to every year? <laughs> that's a stitch oh, up. It's all good, Benny. Um <laughs> We, um, there was a, uh, the, he's possibly commenting about the um, the state of origin this year when uh, Rockhampton was only three hours away for me and I think it was Armadale. 
for something like a thousand k. So we all, a few of us stayed that were in the team stayed and went to Rockhampton Beef Week, you know. Yeah. So that's possibly what he's having a go at. But no, it's um, and they won this year too. So that's possibly why he's rubbing the salt in. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, mate. There's always next year. They won yeah. the won nine straight until uh, until the Blues got a hit or got a shot. Anyway, it, it happens, you know what I mean? And you know what I mean? You're talking about nerves. That's one thing that we're, you know, it brings a lot of handlers unstuck is that state of origin. Yeah. What's um, what's your favourite trial, mate? Um, the Caves, it used to be the Caves. It's closed down now, which is Rockhampton. A good friend by the name of Stan Dunkley used to run it there every year and really had the atmosphere. You know, you go to a lot of trials and the atmosphere was just, yeah, and a lot of my friends thought the same thing that you know uh the caves and we sadly miss it you know what i mean it's it's uh, but i suppose tamworth too you know what i mean it's another one that was there and gone it was there was a lot of atmosphere at tamworth wasn't there i um i get the impression from talking that it's more about running it's not just about running dogs for you mate it's it's goes a bit deeper than that um because you mentioned a lot of those bigger trials so is all, the atmosphere obviously has a big part to play with yourself? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, but I'll tell you the most contributing factor is friends. You know what I mean? Um, That's where I was alluding to. Yeah, mate. You know what I mean? Like-minded fellas. I've got some close friends, Glenn Dixon, Stephen Biles, Robbie Corcott, Steve Elliott. You know what I mean? We travel together. We go there together. And... We feed off each other all the time, you know what I mean? And um, frankly, without fellas like that, I don't think dog trolling would be so um, keen for me, you know what I mean? And it's the mateship that I strike through dog trolling. Jake Nolan and Benny Costa, I only met them a couple of times at Tamworth, terribly nice people, you know what I mean? And, you know, I've stayed friends with them ever since, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool, the camaraderie, isn't it? It is, mate. And you know what I mean? regardless of what stage people are in trialing everyone seems to get along well they do in queensland anyway yeah it's pretty similar down here like we can only speak for the sheepdog world i suppose that's all we've had a bit of exposure to thus far but you know it's, a, it's the same here mate and every trial you go to it just draws you in that bit more and, you know and you can't <laughs> wait for the next one and whether it's putting shit on one of your mates or copping something back or whatever it may be like you know it just draws you in that little bit more for the, for the next one and you know you kind of you're just so excited to get to the next one just to to hang out with your mates or people you haven't seen at a trial for a while yeah mate you know when you work in the bush and you're you know you're you're in the bush you know all through the week it, it, it you know it's a, it's a pressure release to go to a dog trial you know and catch up with everyone you know um you know a few beverages i suppose a few of them fellas drink a bit but anyway that's we're not going to hold that against them Trust me, mate. You don't have to just be in the bush. You can be playing with tractors or doing anything. Like, actually, didn't VB have an ad for that? You can get it any old way. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, mate. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That was a shit beer. But anyway. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. The camaraderie in dog trialing, you know, with the, you know, and you make lifelong friends that have been there. You know what I mean? You've got a common goal in dogs. There's something to talk about. And that breaks the ice. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, yeah, I um, Wayne Flinton one time, uh, a few of us all got together and uh, for Beyond Blue and uh, raised, I think it was 60-odd thousand dollars. You give him a check. You know what I mean? That was just a bunch of mates got together and decided, you know, we'll do something for this, you know, men's depression. So that's what they done, you know? 
great cause, mate. And any yeah. cause helping people is fantastic. And no, that, that's that's awesome, mate. We've got a, a whole heap of questions just started to come through. We'll start working through them here. Uh, Pat Henneran, if you have a young dog that is more inclined to getting close and potentially get hurt on cattle, will you leave it longer to let them mature so it doesn't, so it isn't as neg negatively affected by getting hurt? Sooner or later, you're going to have to bite the bullet with him, you know what I mean? He's going to get in there, and if you pick the right stock for him to put on, as long as the dog's, you know I mean, he's, got a, he's of age that he can handle a bit of it. Like, I'm a big believer in, you know, seven or eight months before, if they're aggressive dogs, putting them on cattle because their milk teeth don't drop out till they're sort of four and a half months old, you know what I mean? Their secondary teeth have got to come through and... Um, so make sure their teeth are structurally sound if they're heavy biting dogs, you know what I mean? Like a bit aggressive, a bit close, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, pick the cattle that he's on to start with. But yeah, I would leave him a little bit longer. The trouble is with leaving them a little bit longer too, they can get more set in their ways too, you know what I mean? So sooner or later you're going to have to bite the bullet, you know? 100%. Another one here from Stephen uh, Flatley. What do you think about training pups with the stones in a Coke bottle? A good mate of mine, Steve Elliott, does that, you know what I mean, in circumstance. And it's no different than I was talking about with the Woolies bag on the end of a stick before no, I was, we were talking about it, you know what I mean? It's just putting a name to the action when the dog's got the action, you know what I mean? That's fine, you know what I mean? Everyone to their own. I don't contradict anyone else's theories and methods. I think it's all right. It works for Steve, works for Steve um, Elliott pretty well anyway, that's for sure. I think any any method that works effectively um, without you know being too hard on your dog, and if it works for you and you're doing it appropriately, if it works, why not stick yeah, with it, right? Yeah, yeah, mate. You know, there's so many different things. There's running ducks. There's um, you know bags on coke bottles. There's sheep in the round yard. There's some, and if it works, it works. That's as simple as that. Hundred percent, mate. Um, how have you found trialings changed over the years? More competitors um, would be the main thing to stand to reason. When I first started trialing, a big trial was, you know, 30 dogs, you know. Quite common now there's 100 and more in an open event now in uh, cattle dog trialing. Um, I think that's a contributing thing. Um, uh, more of them as well. Um, and I think like these field days and local shows where I am are all getting in on them for entertainment, which is really great, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there are three things that I think have changed, like since I've, since I've been trialling anyway. And the quality of the dogs as well has contributed to it, you know what I mean? Have you noticed a change in the handlers? Of course, yes. Yeah, and the capabilities? Yes, I have. Um, Certainly a lot more schools going on, um, people learning more, their thirst for knowledge, uh, dogs, genetics, all these contributed to a better, you know I mean, to a better outcome, you know? So, yeah, no, I think so. No, that's, that's right. Um, what do you feel is your best achievement so far? Well, I think Tamworth, uh, Futurity and the Tamworth sort of highlights that, but. I, um, at Springshaw, I won the Open one time and um, my daughter won the Novice. That was yeah. pretty special to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so, 
that stands out there as well as those big shows, you know. How long until the grandkids are trolling? <laughs> I've already got one grandson, or both grandsons are pretty keen. They, yeah, they come and tra train granddad's pups with him and take, lead them up the road. And, you know, they, they enjoy it. They've both got dogs. Have they claimed one of yours yet? Uh, they come from around home, yeah. Yep. Uh, they haven't picked your best ones and said, this one's mine now, Poppy? <laughs> uh, I think dogs aren't on their high priorities just yet, but um, but anyway, we're working on them. Nah, that's cool. Is there a message you'd like to get out into the industry? Um, yeah, don't be frightened to have a go. The main thing I'm going to sort of say is, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of people, I know a lot of people that don't have a go at trialling. They think it's too complicated, too hard. And when they do eventually have a go, they, oh, what was I worried about? So the nostalgia that trialling is really difficult, you know, it's not that bad. So, you know, have a go at it, see what you think of it. Um, it's a sport just like everything else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Another quick question here. Um, Gavin... Car. Yeah, Gavin Carr's asked, um, do, do you have ducks at home to train your pups on? No, I haven't. I um, I um, don't have ducks, but I did have ducks years ago. Um, yep. 20 years ago, I had some ducks, and uh, it was fine with the purebred collies, but the crossbred dogs, uh, not so good. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> How did you find your dogs reacted um between the different like if you worked at ducks sheep cattle the same dogs how do you find the dogs reacted differently yeah um the lighter dogs didn't mind so much the harder dogs it was obviously a little bit more difficult for them fellas you know what i mean um but that's fine but no they they adapt to those sort of things they they switch on to ducks pretty quickly you know what i mean i had a good friend um started all his dogs on dogs on pigs um dick chapman you know, run a free range piggery, and you may even know Dick. You know what I mean? He swore by starting his dogs it was good on pigs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it really matters. I know a very competitive dog trialer that only ever had ducks for, for years, and he'd turn up at a dog trial and he was very competitive. You know what I mean? It, it, I yeah. don't think it really matters. I, got, I was actually having this conversation with a mate. I got a mate who's got a Kelpie dog. Is Pretty full-on dog, and uh, it's hard to get a hold of sometimes, um, especially in the yard trial. But he puts his dog on ducks, and this thing just slows down, amazing, and works these ducks, and he'll even put his head under them and nudge them forward to get them going quicker. Like, <laughs> and if you've seen this dog work shape, you think you wouldn't think this dog had it like to work that. Like, you expect there to be pillows everywhere. Like, well, you know, it just goes to show just how smart that dog is. You know what I mean? He's obviously yeah. buddy. You know adapted to the situation he was in so that um he certainly if he's that steady on ducks he's i think oh yeah he's, there's room for him to settle down on sheep that's for sure he might 100 there's a lot of dog there so i've yeah. seen cut some different types of stock as well mm, 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 mm. away from dogs do you have a hobby or talent people don't really know about i haven't got much talent at all though <laughs> <laughs> now now we know that's not true you answered it too quick the um no to answer your question i um chasing my grandkids i think is is something i enjoy doing you know what i mean um but no it's strictly horses cattle and dogs frankly that's it yeah 
And we um we know that you're a bit um technology um set back. Let's put it that that way. We mentioned before you struggled to send a text message, but you did a pretty good job of that yesterday, mate. Um, so obviously you haven't had a lot of exposure to dog talk, but if there's one way or a couple of ways that uh, we could get out and do things within the community, what 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 are some things that you you'd like to see or think that we could get out to get people talking and get information on board? Mate, I think you're doing as best you can, can't you? Like, this is a pretty big step. Just remember, like, this is the first time I've heard of anything like this in the dog industry, what you're doing. So you'd be to be commended for what you've already done. Um, and, you know what I mean, the dog magazine, you're staying, trying to stay neutral with that and um, involve as many disciplines as you can in that. There's only so much you can do, mate. Um, maybe, you know, if you turned up at a dog trial and done a few interviews at dog trials, but... Mate, really, you know what I mean? You're doing a terrible uh, enough as it is, as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? No, thank you, mate. Much appreciated. And uh, if you're at Karka on the weekend, watch out. Watch out. Because I'll have a mic with me. I'm going to come out and try, try and have a few different chats with different people. So if you're willing to have a chat, uh, anyone out there listening today, throw your hand up. And uh, it would be good to get uh, some opinions on the day and just get people's thoughts and have a few laughs. Have a few laughs during the day. Yeah, mate. You know what I mean? It, you know, we can all be lighthearted outside, but once you step into that ring, she's game on, you know what I mean? But yeah. And even if you have a bit of a bad trot, it usually only lasts for 10 or 15 minutes and you're right again, aren't you? <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. And actually, sorry, just before we keep going here for a sec, you mentioned before that um, a lot of people send you dogs um, and I suppose pre-COVID you're doing a few training schools. You still going to do that after when the borders open up, mate? Yeah, I'm a fair bit north. Uh, I'm a like you know, I'm, I'm a thousand odd k's from the border, so um, I don't. The border closure really hasn't worried me too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we run a, I, you know, as you'd realise with what we're doing and um, and the dogs at home and running the three places. But the worst thing is, our ten thousand acres is split up into three blocks and 165 k away to one of them. You know what I mean? So. I do about 10 or dozen dog schools a year, and that's plenty. That's as much as I can handle, really, with, with yeah. workload, you know? Yeah, no, that, that sounds great, mate. Any plans on coming down south next year? Well, I, um, you just need to start up Tamworth again. That, that'll that get me made even travelling from Winton, you know what I mean? It's, um, <laughs> you know, that, it was really sad. It was really disappointing to see it fold. Like, it was something that I thought would have gone... It lifted um, yeah, the expectations of dogs and it got it out in the public eye, you know what I mean? Dog trialling, you know what I mean? You need to have those big trials like that for people to take notice of them, you know what I mean? The backyard show with, you know, 50 competitors, it's not going to get the publicity like Tamworth does, you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. So isn't it um, to, grow, to grow it and put it out there and... You know, we, we all see that a, a dog's worth at the moment is probably starting to come to realisation. So spectacles like that, you know, really put it out there, a dog's worth and, you know, the effort that goes into training a good dog. Mate, it's like where I am in central Queensland, there's coal mines everywhere, you know what I mean? And who can compete with the money in coal mines, you know? So we've I've been running that dog sale at Emerald Ag Fest for 16 years now, I think. And... Yeah just the overall average of the 
prices of dogs have lifted. You know what I mean? 15, 16 years ago, people would get on the phone and ring up and say, oh, I want a dog to run to the lead and bite the nose and pull up and come behind when he's told, oh, yeah. Well, how much you got? Oh, three or four hundred dollars. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It, it, it was, you know what I mean? That, and that was all they were prepared to pay back then. And, you know, you yeah. see that dog the other day of um, Joe Leavner's make 30100 yeah. I think. Um, you know what I mean? And a great de demonstration of a sale dog I've never seen. Like, that was really clever and um the dog possibly made was what he's you know he, he's going to replace a lot of manpower isn't he you know what i mean they're not they're not superman um but they certainly they certainly do help and um as i said around where i am a lot of good men have gone to the mines and people are starting to realize now that a few dogs they can achieve a lot you know what i mean smaller yeah. paddocks laneways and things and and educated cattle you know they're worth their weight in gold to be honest you know don't disagree mate like manpower like i said is getting hard to get and labor and you know you could probably replace two blokes with a dog or two people with a dog with a dog yeah 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 well you know what i mean i try not to compare dogs with people simply because a good man's pretty irreplaceable too isn't he but um but no certainly and you know what i mean more there's more genetics out there more consistent lines of dogs and things you know what i mean people are, are breeding putting a lot of money into dogs these days so it's good to see them getting the money back that they're making you know what i mean yep nah, that's cool mate and if there's a person you'd like us to sit down and have a chat with in one of these q a's who would that be well there's two to be honest with you one steve elliott a good friend yep. of mine and the other one is steve um uh gee whiz yeah Steve, oh, gee whiz, I've just had it. Steve Elliott was one and the... Uh, Steve Dunn, Dunn. Who? That's Stan. Oh, that's Stan Dunley. Um, oh, Stan Dunkley, yeah. Well, Stan's a good mate of mine, but um, yeah. oh, I've just had a, 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 a overload of questions and... Uh, that, that's all right, mate. <laughs> I'll think of it before we hang up. <laughs> that, that, that's okay, mate. Mate, it's come to that point of the day. Um, was there a question that stood out for you? this evening oh Re rebecca was it with the dog about whether to do the school to get send the dog away to get trained and do or do it herself Is uh, it rebecca? rebecca cooper so yep. uh if you're still on rebecca um yeah send us through a message with your details and we'll get that bag of dog food off to you one last question Steve. for the night Steve. yes that's all right you can come back to us with that one later yeah yeah uh, one last question would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks i think the one love because i've only got a 10 shot magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very wise and answered with precision <laughs> and i'm not a good shot <laughs> nah, nah, that makes two of us so mate thank you very much for tonight we appreciate your time uh, once again, we know you had to travel. We travelled for us to get on, so uh, not only ourselves but all our viewers appreciate that. So thank you very much for your thank time you. tonight. No worries at all. My pleasure. And please remember, the day we stop learning will be a sad day for all. Good night. For sure. For sure. You can learn off everybody. Hundred percent. Cheers, mate. All the best.